I wanted to pick up, I guess, on some points I think that, that Sam started raising about, you know, patients as part of the workforce and, and the role that they play. And, um, you know, when we talk about money, I, I, feel, I always feel a bit guilty because I am one of those patients that takes a lot of money from the NHS. I'm extremely expensive, hopefully worth it. But, um, I, you know, I had cancer treatment. I have a very expensive immunodeficiency condition that takes a lot of money to manage on a monthly basis. Um, but I suppose I... I try to pay that back in some way through sort of patient involvement activities. And when I was thinking about the talk here today, I was trying to think about, okay, where have we come, you know, in the, in the last government in terms of the relationship between patients um, and the NHS, and then where do we have to go? And I was sort of thinking that, to me, if patients are a community, and I used to work in community development, the two things that I think that are important when you're working with communities are, are the quality of the relationships and the conversations that you have. So that sort of got me thinking about, okay, you know, if, if patients in the NHS are two different types of communities, where are we? And what would that relationship look like? And, and much to the disappointment of my husband, I have to say, I started to think it was like a marriage um, <laughs> and a sort of a long-term relationship where, you know, maybe the spark has gone a little bit. So, you know, when you, you meet someone for the first time and you think they're fabulous, you don't notice that they pick their nails and leave their clothes on the, <laughs> on the bathroom floor. Um, and then as you, as you get to know them and, and you live with them for longer, those things start to really irritate you. Um, when I told my husband I was going to say this, he said, I'm so glad you realize I'm underappreciated. <laughs> I think got the wrong end of the stick. But... Um, I think for a lot of patients, when you get involved in patient involvement activities, that's a little bit what it feels like. At the beginning, you think like, oh, this is great. I have an opportunity to really sort of change things and make them better. And as you go along, that sort of irritation and, and a sense of being taken for granted starts to come up. And I think there's something that I would really like to see changed in the next government. And just as an example, um, a few weeks ago, I received an email from someone that I know and somebody that I like at NHS England. Um, and they asked me if I would be available to review some applications for a major new initiative in, in the NHS. Um, I just, I've written this down because I wanted to get it right. So I received this email at 3.37 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Um, and the email said three things. It told me that there were 100 applications that needed to be reviewed, although they said I didn't need to review all of them. Um, they said that the reviews needed to be completed by the following Thursday. So essentially three working days away. Um, and also that there wasn't any money to pay anybody to do any of the work. Um, but they did say the applications were really fascinating and they hoped that that would make up for it. Um, so I suppose it's not that I don't, you know, I'm sure the applications were really fascinating, but when we talk about valuing patients and patient involvement, it seems to me that if patients were really valued in that process, somebody would have thought to involve them with more than three days to go, and they might have put some money into it. Um, so if that's kind of where we are now, I started to look at the five-year forward view, and I thought, okay, well, you know, everyone, there's a lot of positive, positivity around this document, so what does it actually say about patient involvement? Um, but when I looked at the executive summary, which is where you would expect, you know, the, the most important parts of the document to be highlighted, there isn't really a lot about the involvement of patients in the design and delivery of services. So um, 
Chapter two of the five-year forward view I thought was very promisingly titled, What Will the Future Look Like? A New Relationships with Patients and Communities. But when you actually look at that, there's kind of a brief um, mention of things like NHS Citizen or Health and Wellbeing Boards. Um, but it focuses largely on things like individual empowerment, so access to medical records on an individual level, which is really important. It's amazing to me that we're in 2015 and I still can't look at my records online. Um, even actually, you know, ordering a repeat prescription is like a whole rigmarole that I can't be bothered to, to get involved in. Um, but there's a lot less, I think, than we would have hoped for as patients in promoting the involvement of patients in the design of commissioning, the design of services. Um, there's not much about carers, and there's certainly nothing about seeing patients or carers as a kind of community of influence or people who could lead change. Um, and that kind of carries through to chapter four, which is all about the information revolution. Um, and I know Sam was talking about, you know, GPs need smartphones, they need access to the internet, they need Skype <coughs> consultations. These things are here to stay. I've attended loads of conferences where people, you know, they'll pose questions like, is Google a good thing? But to me, Google is a thing. It is neither good nor bad. People will use it. And I think we need to actually, you know, the NHS needs to enable patients to, to use the power of the information revolution. Um, it's already there. It's already challenging entrenched power structures in terms of how patients get information, what they know about their conditions, and what they know about their treatments as well. So you have situations where patients are, are unblinding randomized control trials. That kind of stuff isn't going to go away just because people don't like it. It's here to stay. And I think in the, in the, next, um, you know, the next five years, there needs to be some kind of reflection within the NHS about how we really grapple with that and how we can work with patients to make that work for everybody. Um, so I was thinking, right, three things that we could do um, in the first 100 days, maybe not the first 100 days, but three things I can think about. Um, first, I think we need a clearer understanding about the difference between patient experience and patient involvement. Um, a lot of people talk about patient experience and then they get lumbered with patient involvement, but they're actually two very different things. Involving patients in commissioning and services needs community building skills, and a lot of that doesn't necessarily exist with the people who are doing patient experience work. Um, I think that needs, there needs to be a bigger understanding of what involvement really looks like. So things like telling patient stories at board meetings, you know, it's very nice and it's quite easy to do, but it doesn't mean that patients are actually involved in, in what's going on. Um, the second thing I think we need is that we need a recognition that patient involvement occurs at very different levels. So at the individual level, and the King's Fund actually has a really good document about this, which kind of tracks patient involvement over the last 20 years and then looks at different methods of involvement at an individual level. So things like self-management um, and personal health and social care budgets. I think that's all fine, but to me, it's that stuff that sits just above that about how we design services so that kids with diabetes can, you know, go to the mall and get treated and manage their conditions effectively. That needs to be thought about. And I don't think it's only children. I mean, I work. It's very difficult for me to um, access services in the middle of the day without taking time off. I take a huge amount of time off for medical appointments. And, you know, employers may be sympathetic, but they are only so sympathetic. Um, you've got to show up to work sometimes. Um, and then I suppose the final thing, and I know this is hard in a situation where people are kind of bat 
batting down the hatches and, and they're scared, but I think we need more creativity in the way the NHS works, um, the NHS and patients work together. Um, Simon Stevens described the NHS as a social movement. I'm not sure that the NHS is a social movement. I think it's probably made up of a variety of different social movements that have a similar goal. But if we see patients as a social movement, um, working with them, I think, requires a lot more creativity. It's not something that easily fits targets. It's really messy when you have to work with people. But actually, there can be a lot to be gained from that messiness. And I think, you know, in the, in the next... Um, the next government letting go of some of that fear and control, which I know is really difficult when you've got targets and no money. Um, but I think it could probably actually move us a lot farther along to, to looking after people better. So. Carmen, thanks very much. And can I just pick up with you the point that Sam was making that essentially the things he would like to see happening happen could be done within the NHS itself rather than relying on the new government to launch mm. new initiatives. Does the same apply to what you've been describing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there are a lot of good things that are happening, but my feeling is in the kind of, you know, working with patients bit of, of the healthcare service, people don't often know how to do it. And I think we need to have a bigger conversation about actually what... You know, who exists, you've got these patients, you've got people working there, whether they're nurses, whether they're chief executives, whether they're doctors, and how can they work together? And I don't necessarily think that mean, that needs a lot of new stuff. Yeah. A lot of the expertise exists already. And it's, it's that kind of sharing that you were talking about as well, you know. Let's go out and go to Bromley-by-Bow or to other places where good practice exists already.